With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, I'm Barry Castanola, the host of the brand new Euro 2020 panel show quiz series, Never Write Off the Germans, featuring a plethora. Plethora? Plethora? Don't know, never said it before. Anyway, loads of your favourite comedians discussing the Euros. We've not had a sticker album since I was eight. Just had some triples and quadruples. Yeah, I got I had a lot of concertines. There was a lot of Scott McTominay's. I could make a team of Scott McTominay's, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't suggest it. No, what you should do is you should get all your Scott McTominay's, stick them on your spare room wall, and then invite him round. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And having to answer some trivia and tricky football-related questions along the way. In one word, each of you, how would you describe Robbie Savage's hair? Unnecessary. (laughs) (laughs) So search and subscribe to Never Write Off the Germans from wherever you get your podcasts from. Does it bother anyone else? It's called Euro 2020 and it's 2021. I mean, it wouldn't have taken much, would it? Just a bit of a redesign on the branding. Tottenham, don't be a Hello, welcome to another episode of Top Ten Tottenham. Uh, when Tottenham fans tell us about their top moments supporting the club. And this man has been on the Spurs show many times, luckily. Uh, the wonderful screenwriter, Jeff Pope, returns. How are you, Jeff? Very well, thank you. Yes, here Good, we are thank in the middle of the Euros. Yes, exactly. And we and we won again. And we, Wes, we were recording this after the Croatia game. Uh, yeah, uh, nice to get the points in the bag. Now you've got a, a, an eclectic mix I have to say, we've, we've, we've done a few of these shows and some some guests give us what I call the greatest hits of Tottenham. Yours certainly can't be called the greatest hits, especially your first pick. Uh, extraordinary one to choose. Uh, without a doubt, no one else will pick this particular one. Uh, unfortunately with this one, I couldn't find the footage. I know there was some news footage somewhere, but 
couldn't find anything else. The game was 1978. It was the first home match that Ozzy Ardiles and Ricky Villa played in after they signed for Tottenham. My backstory to this, I was on holiday in Spain, 10 years old. I had my Admiral New Spurs shirt on that I got for my <laughs> birthday, I think. And a guy came up to me and went, and we're going tomorrow. And I went, oh, I'm on holiday. And it was Glenn Hoddle's then father and mother-in-law were staying in the same hotel. And they were leaving early to go watch this game. And obviously the next day, when you get the papers the day, day after when you're on holiday, it came up. Spurs won, Villa 4. I don't have a clip, but I do have a clip of the next game. 2-2 two, two against Chelsea. Let's listen to the first game, uh, goal in, in that game for now. After this one. Steve Wicks was taking no chances with that. Now Adidas. Vilia. Oh, good play by Vilia. Adidas. Oh, a lovely combination here. And it's gone for a goal. Duncan, the man who will be credited with it. The work undeniably, though, of the two Argentinians. And Spurs are in the lead. So that was the Chelsea game, the one after we drew 2-2, then we lost to Liverpool 7-0. Why on earth did you put Spurs 1, Villa 4 in your top 10 moments? Well, I tried to sort of stick with the notion of memorable games, games that are really seared into my brain, rather than just games where we won. Yeah. And uh, so I'm as, as all Spurs fans will know, we're spoilt for choice. But... Um, <laughs> I, I, I remember it as one of the most vivid nights of my teen years. Uh, so 78, I would have been 16 probably, 16. And I'd, I'd only just, we'd had the awful pain of, of being relegated. And I'd only, you know, I'd just started to go. Um, and I, I remember being on the terraces and um, that, that those, even, even, um, even, you know, within a game, just the, there's the kind of sw the swell, the, the movement of, of, a, of a large body of people squashed in together and, and that awful feeling of I'm being pushed forward and I, I can't control it. That, it's like that panic it gives you. Um, and some wag at the back said, I, I told you to stop, for some, stop fucking breathing out. <laughs> uh, uh, and... Um, now, now, you know. Thank goodness we don't have. We, you know, we, we, grounds are much, much safer now. But the whole thing, North London. It was. Uh, I remember it's not. It's been quite a, a cool, cool night. Having not recent, not long been in the second division, the dull, awful doldrums, and then we signed these. You know, it was just, just like you might as well have signed Pablo Picasso. The idea of us having. <laughs> Because um, we'd watched them, obviously, we just watched the 78 World Cup, and most fans yeah. went, Oh, he looks a bit good. The young guys were chewing gum, quite small. Uh, I mean, he was one of the stars of that team. And it was just, as you said, we'd just come up. It was utterly surreal, and it was, as some newspapers said, the signings of the century. You know, it was incredible. Yeah. I, I, I'm not. For, I mean, Muren and Tyson signed for Ipswich for Bobby Robson, and it had a simple. They were the, the kind of Dutch masters in the late seventies, early eight. No, early eighties, it must have been. But it was like off another planet, 
And what I remember so vividly is that 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 those night kickoffs, night evening kickoffs, and the green and, and the floodlights, the old style floodlights kicking off the turf, absolutely heaving in a way that only the old grounds and the terraces could be. And then finally the teams come out and and what what everyone had done was to do our version of a ticker tape well welcome and what they've done is tear up newspapers phone books anything <laughs> and yeah and i remember seeing it and and, and seeing it recognizing something as a bit of yellow pages and and we did our own um we did our own ticker tape welcome for yeah. our dealers via and i have to say in my mind i've blurred it with the Forest game that was actually the first game of the season, which was away to Forest, who they were, were champions. champions. Yeah. And it was a very creditable draw, wasn't it? Yeah. And um, I, I, I would have sworn that we what, we, <laughs> we drew this game. And then I looked back and thought, oh, my God. And now, then it came back to me. as I, well, I remember going home and walking in to the front room, and my dad had grabbed something black and put it over his head like he was an undertaker. In, in sympathy, and uh, but it, it did. I do what I do remember was it, it didn't. It wasn't horrible. Like for some bizarre reason, now in my fifties, it will take me Saturday, take me till about Wednesday to get over a defeat. But I was, yeah. I was, I was. I suppose I was so in, in love with that evening, the, the romance and the these two Argentinians from another planet and the. And the ticker tape and the mm. and the excitement that it's a, so I had to put it in. Stuck. I mean, you you, no. you look back at that era, and obviously we are we now know that defensively things weren't good. Berkshire then went out and bought Miller and Roberts because we, as you said, credible draw, losing to Villa four one awful, Chelsea two all. And the next game was the famous seven nil defeat at Liverpool, and apparently it was only around then that our dealers turned round to. Someone was like, you know, what have I done? And then he learnt then that Tottenham had just been promoted. No one had told our dealers in any of the negotiations, <laughs> this is Tottenham Hotspur, they've just been promoted. He didn't know. He just assumed that he was joining a, a good, you know, the double team. And he was basically missold wow. the club, which I find wow. hilarious. But I kind of love him even more that he didn't sort of throw his toys out the crap. Yeah. You know, and that, that he, he stuck around and... And this, this, you know, he's, he's, you know, when in the, the Chaz and Dave song, when he says, win the cup for Tottingham. And, and he still, he still loves the club. Yeah. It's, it's a blur to me, the Falklands. And, and, mm. and suddenly he, he, you know, Argentinians were sort of persona non grata in a, in a horrible way. And, and the idea that Ardiles, there was a period when he couldn't be welcome at, at it was, I'm, oh yeah, I remember the booing. I remember all the booing. Yeah, and, it was, and then he went to PSG on loan PSG. for a while. I was going to say, that's right, yeah. he went to PSG. But thank God, you know, we all moved on. And he's still, he's, and he had his spell as manager. With the, the, He was the manager during the kind of famous five era, wasn't he? That's right. Is that yeah. right? That's that right. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll do his famous five and shit yeah. to the back, as they used to say. And he was always very dignified and i oh. i loved him and um we had no idea about via well i can't remember via in the um 78 world cup he came on as a sub he 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 was used as a sub mainly but yeah. um but of course you know what what what, a, what an impact he had on us and that was that was the era 
uh, for, for younger listeners when it was a toss-up between winning the FA Cup and winning the league. Yeah. Uh, as to which was more coveted. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I guess even then, I don't know, there was something about having the day, you know, that day. Because um, league games weren't league games weren't televised, so the FA Cup no. was the big game you watched. The yes, league, I never saw a league game. Do you know what, Mike? I think that's it. I think that's it because there was it was so so glamorous and so high profile the FA Cup. As you say, it was it was probably apart from England games the only live full length live game of the year. Mm. Yeah. Well, look, your second clip I, I love because it's it, it, it's not a real match and. Uh, yes. Fun enough, it's not the first film clip we had. We've already had Julie Welsh on the show and we played the trailer of the, the film that she wrote, The Glory Glory Days, from uh, that came out. But this uh, this is the one-off footage. Uh, any football fan will probably put this down, as, as you have, one of your favourite ever movie scenes. It's from Kez. It's the football scene when Brian Glover uh, plays Man United versus Spurs on this bog of a pitch. Uh, let's listen to a little bit from that scene in Kez. Right, and it's Manchester United versus Spurs in this important fifth round cup tie here at Old Trafford. And it's the third slightly balding chart until kick off. So why did you put this down? Well, this obviously was a film very close to your heart. Yes, I adored the film. Um, first moment I ever saw it, uh, uh, th- thought it was, you know, in my head, I kind of fused it and thought it must be some kind of documentary I was yeah. watching. It was yeah. so brilliantly done. <laughs> Ken Loach was, and I met Ryan Glover in, in later life, um, and, and he was everything you wanted him to be. And and a couple of, about four or five years ago, uh, uh, I adapted the the... Uh, and the autobiographies of, of Danny Baker uh, into mm. um, Cradle um, to the Grave. Cradle yeah. to the Grave. That's right. Yeah. And then we had a sequence in it where the, the it was drawn from real life, where it was a it was a rather mad sports teacher who was so intense about his school team winning that he headed in from a corner, the winning goal for a, in a school match, and we called him Mr. Glover, oh, the, uh, the character. Um, I know what 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 I love about it was was um, the evoking that era. I, I was I was looking looking back at that uh, Villa the Spurs one Villa four game, and I, I was so struck with when you see I didn't I didn't think um, I didn't don't remember it being being televised, um, but it was. And when you look back at it, you you it's kids. That's what sticks out. There's there's thousands and thousands of 10 to 13 year olds and you really don't see so many of them they're obviously kids go with their parents but it's it's not the the age uh the the uh, the age group has, has shifted upwards and it's 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 mostly you know they can't afford to, it i mean you're, yeah. you're, you're you're right you look at i don't know the famous ronnie radford goal heritage versus newcastle and all the park coats on the pitch it's just kids everywhere but it's funny you mentioned that the sort of um, cradle to the Grave. The other, I think, iconic sort of park football, there was a, I think it was a TV play 
Sundance Sweet FA, written by Jack Rosenthal. And it has David Swift plays the referee. If you've never seen yeah. it, it's on YouTube. And so yes. you've got the internal monologue of the referee watching this awful northern working class game. And it yeah. ends with the ball comes in and the ref runs in and heads the goal and puts his arms <laughs> in the air. And everyone incredulous. Sunday Sweet FA, Jack Rosenthal was mad to Maureen Lippmann. So what, it's very like Kez. It's a wonderful, wow. wonderful TV piece. I'm sure it'll be on YouTube. Well worth watching. Uh, your so third he, he, um, right, right at the beginning. Sorry, Mike, to jump in, but that sorry. clip right from the beginning, you you just know you're in such safe safe hands, such skillful hands, because uh, out he comes and he strips off and he's wearing um, he's wearing Manchester United with with te- a nine on the back. Yeah, pristine. Nine on the back. It's pristine. Yeah. yeah, and uh, this says uh, this says uh, are you not going to be uh, I, I I think he said something like, "Are you not going to be Billy Bremner today?" And he says, "No, I think, no I are think you're not going to be Dennis Law." Dennis Law, yes. Right. Are you not going to be Dennis Law today? He says, "No, no." Comes out with some football reason and then finishes. With, anyway, Dennis Law's in the wash. That's the line. No, then That's he does the, the internal monologue thing. He says, <laughs> and so the fair-haired, slightly balding Charlton <laughs> gets this important FA Cup tie underway. And the whole point of mentioning this clip was, as a kid, I actually thought. Come on, Spurs. Yeah. That's how pathetic yeah. I am. And we won. Yeah. And we, we won. won. We won. Yeah. Right at the end. And it, and even though he, t- he takes that penalty and he says, um, yeah. it's a terrible penalty. First of all, the keeper saves it. And then, then Glover cheats and says, you moved. You moved. Yeah. I never, sir. I never. You moved. The referee's word is final. Takes it again. Just toe punts it. Thumps it. <laughs> And the keeper gets two hands to it and it goes in. And as he runs back, says to the nearest kid, and that, boys, is how to take a penalty. Look one way, put it the other. Yeah. And it wasn't. It was just a yeah. thump down the middle. <laughs> it's glorious. If, you, if you've never seen it, what a movie that oh, is. Oh, no. It's well worth well worth seeing. Your third clip is 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 rightly so a moment in in many, many fans' top 10 Tottenham. The UEFA Cup final, 1972. Um, and uh, you've actually gone for. I think you. I think we've got. Uh, I can't remember a clip. We've got, we've got the Mullery clip here, it's, or yeah, the it's, famous it's Chivers. One. Chivers. It's goal. the first leg, isn't it? The first uh, leg was Mullery's dive header. No, that was the second leg. The first leg was oh, Mullery. We won two one, and then we went back, and it was one one. We went three one up. They got a goal. We were hanging on. We were really hang on for dear life, I but see. we did it. Let's have a listen now. Italy. Martin Peters hitting one and Muller is going he's done it they watch for Chivers and they watch for England and it's Mallory who's gone in to get a vital goal for Spurs beautifully taken with his head so there's the free kick taken by Martin Peters Mallory getting in before Hegan and before Parks a beautifully taken free kick goal. And Mullery is in trouble. Why did you go with this one? What's your memories of this? Well, it, this is this is this is a this is again exploring your past. And it's it's you told that wonderful story earlier about um knowing that the uh Tottenham Villa game was happening, but but you'd have to wait in Spain. Uh, so if the match happened on on Wednesday, you probably wouldn't have known about it till Friday morning. Because there's no internet. There's no, you know, you're not going to ring home because that's expensive. Mum and dad are with you anyway. And who are you going to ring? And and so you have to wait until, you know, the sun in in Palmer 
uh, New Yorker is, is finally delivered. And then you turn to the back page. So what I remembered about this was being incredibly nervous, but not seeing any of it. Right. Uh, I think I think it probably was played on sports night with Harry Carpenter. But 1972-11, I would have been struggling to be allowed to stay up. Ten, I would have been. I would have. I was struggling to be allowed to stay up, you know, till ten o'clock to watch it. Um, and I just didn't see either leg, but just saw maybe on grandstand on Saturday, or, or I saw a clip of the Mullery dive header, which I now discover not should have done my research more thoroughly. Put us three one up on aggregate, and I just thought it was. I thought if ever I could score a goal, that the goal I'd like to score I've always been absolutely in love with dive headers like Osgood dive header against Leeds we did I'm right in the FA Cup final when when they beat Leeds in the FA Cup final I think it was a dive header from Osgood and then it was Webb at the back post to win it Um, but I've always always loved diving headers I don't think I scored headers when I when I played and they were always more satisfying than scoring with your feet. But I don't think I've ever scored a dive header, but what a goal that was. Yeah. My favourite diving header, I think, I don't know if you remember this one, it was the year in the sec- second division, we beat Bolton 1-0 near the yeah. end of the season. We beat them 1-0 and Don McAllister, who was the lovely fair-haired Quaffield yeah, defender, well. scored with a great diving header, 52,000 fans at White Hart Lane and Sam Allardyce was playing for Bolton. I remember that one vividly. Your next one, wow. again, is 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 a moment that probably been people's top three, I'd say, greatest moments. Yeah. Because we all went that day, not yeah. thinking we had a hope in hell. Uh, and, and I hope I have to introduce this clip every time I do this show. Spurs three, Arsenal one, FA Cup final 1991. Let's listen to that first goal now. Matt has gone forward with Stewart to the right, Lineker and Howes to the left. Is Gascoigne going to have a crack? He is, you know. Oh, I say! Brilliant! That is schoolboy's own stuff. Oh, I bet even he can't believe it. Is there anything left from this man to surprise us? That was one of the finest free kicks that this stadium has ever seen. Seaman got his hands, couldn't hold. Spurs have the lead. Paul Gascoigne, the scorer. Where were you? Were you were you at that game? What were your memories of this? Okay, so I'm now, where are we, uh, uh, 91. 30 years ago. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, my age would have been 30. So I was, right. I was 29 coming up 30. Been looking forward to it all well for weeks but to horrible sick nervous you know thinking exactly like that we've got we're going to get thumped but then you know any team that's got Gascoigne and he, he scored some fantastic goals in that cup run it's such a such a cruel end to that story such a weird end to that story that he got over over excited and and launched himself into Gary Charles anyway and we still won so my problem was I misjudged it by about Six minutes. I was driving no. home, right, and I misjudged it. And I had the radio, on and it said, "You know, kick off." Um, and 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 I'm thinking, "Come on, come on, come on!" And I heard it, 
Wow. That's the first time. Wow. Was I heard it. I heard the description of it. And I just couldn't conceive how how he could have possibly done it. Seaman, the England goalkeeper, was in goal. It was miles out. Mm. Miles and out. I think there's several, yeah, there were several factors involved there, but the most the key factor was his personality. Because there, there aren't many people still in world football. Grealish is why well. I was so disappointed that he's he didn't start the first game for England. Because I just see echoes far more than I do with Foden. I see echoes of Gascoigne with Grealish. But Gascoigne, there are very few people who would have thought, do you know what? I, I'm going to have this. I'm going to score. Mm. And I'm, I'm going to beat one of the world's best goalkeepers. And Lineker, when you watch the footage, Lineker does run to him and say, hit it. Lineker runs to him just to fall and apparently does say to hit it, which is great. Did you get to know Gaz? Because you mentioned Danny Baker. I know him and Danny were good friends. Did you ever meet him uh, in that era? Yes, I did. I did. I did. I met him um, and uh, spent quite a bit of, not not masses, but a couple of of afternoons um, with him. And this would have been around the era when he was in rehab. So he had... So yes, he he he'd done what he did. So this would have been around this time, yeah. He did what he did, and then he um, he just, I think, just got the move to Lazio. So as I remember it, he injured himself in the FA Cup final, and everyone suddenly realised what cruciate ligament injuries were and how serious they were, because everybody, well, England plus Spurs. So together, he was the most important player. Still the best player I've seen, I think. Um, and uh, so I think I think he didn't play for Spurs again, did he? No, of course After not. No, no, he was sold. He was, no, but what, what I mean is he, he was sold as, you know, I can't think of a better phrase, he was sold as damaged goods to Lazio, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And they had, yeah. to trust, they had to trust that he would recover. Yeah. Which he did, thank you. Which thank he good, did. I don't think he was ever the same player him. again, but he certainly went on there and Rangers and Everton yeah, and, he wasn't, and carried on his career. But we saw the best. That, that season, we saw the best yeah, of him. That was, that was unbelievable, actually. And, and, and I remember Venables saying, um, upper body strength, like Dave Mackay. And he did. He did have a barrel chest, Gascoigne, and his arms, he was so strong. But I, I, I remember um, I met him then and it was it was just great fun, you know. He was just uh, so close to, to to laughter. I think he was um, in the process of um, he was in a steady relationship with the woman who was going to become who became his wife, uh, Cheryl. Um, he was in a reasonably good place. He was looking forward to that. He was realistic about where he'd been and where he was going. And I think his life took this awful turn for the worst with the decision not to take him to uh, France for when Hoddle left him back. And I thought that same thing with Southgate selections for this squad. When he, when, when um, four right backs, I mean, only two, three, if you include Rashford, but only two proper strikers, Kane and um, uh, Calvert-Lewin, maybe Rashford, four right backs. So what, what is that about? Okay. Then one of the right backs is injured. Surely you 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 are one nil down seventy five minutes. You have to change the game. You know it's got to be someone like for me Lingard or even I can understand the Ward Prowse um, uh, brigade because he can deliver a dead ball. But he takes another defender. I just 
so I, I just had horrible echoes of and of, of the idea that that and it's no reflection on on Rob Lee, but the idea that you would take Rob Lee um, uh, as as a squad utility man, but find no place for Gascoigne. We interviewed Hoddle. Hoddle's been on the on the Spurs show and said it was the most difficult decision of his career, but he just wasn't fit. He had an injury and he just wasn't fit. He just like he just wasn't fit. But he said it was obviously the most difficult uh conversation he had to have professionally to say I'm, I'm leaving. I think that out. sounds a cop Carrie Maguire's not fit. Jordan Henderson's not fit. But anyway, look, I, I obviously Glenn would know more than me, but as an outsider it was crushing and it and it did crush him. But the other thing was um the interview after yes it was such an insight into his character. But he was like on 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 adrenaline and on life completely off his head. He said something like what about what about the goal? And he says something like it's uh, all right, wasn't it? Not bad, yeah. was it? Yeah. 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 Something, didn't he? And, and he we get just, my suit measured. Yeah. He was, yeah. And when he lovely. did the little, um, this was a year earlier, when he did the little, when he poked his... As they lined up on the pitch before the match, the camera goes along the 11. Every time it went past Gascoigne, he would poke his tongue out. And Robson had a word with him and said, you can't do that. So everyone watching, yeah, it's true. The national anthem gets to Gascoigne, just a tiny little bit of tongue came yeah, out. Yeah. <laughs> but no, and I just thought, no, you're, you're funny, you're a funny bloke. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there was he's done some unfunny things, I'm sure, but yeah, he could also be very funny. Yeah, let's go to your your fifth clip. This is racing forward now to like for like modern Tottenham. Uh, again, a wonderful moment. It was Crystal Palace one, Spurs three, goal of the season, incredible. Deli Alley goal, the overhead kick at Selhurst Park. Let's remind ourselves of that now. Spurs asking all the questions now. Switched over to where Christian Eriksen waits. Deli Alley, nice turn. And with the volley, and with the goal! Sensational stuff from sensational Deli Alley. What a moment in what's been an incredible season for Deli Alley. Sometimes there are no words. Just sit back and watch a moment of sublime skill from Deli Alley. Set it up for himself and he finished it. So why'd you put this one in? Were you, were you there that day? No, I was watching it uh, illegally on a stream mm-hmm. um, in, uh, with my sons who told me how to do this. Uh, something which we now don't do, of course. Of course. But uh, so it, we, were, we were kind of gathered around a little laptop and <laughs> uh, uh, um, w- watching it, and it was just stunning, you know. And, and it was everything came together. The idea that this kid from MK Dons, who no one had ever heard of, who nutmegged Modric in yeah, the right. preseason against Real Madrid, mm-hmm. and everyone thought, oh, "Did you see that when he nutmegged Modric?" and you know, but then the idea that, he, he, that Pochettino played him and then that, that he could do what he did. And it was just the moment when that happened when I thought, I, I don't, this doesn't feel like any of the Spurs that I've, including the Gascoigne, with the possible exception of the Gascoigne, you know, Gascoigne, Waddle, Hoddle, was no, was, was that right? Have I got that right? There was, there was a David Pleat 
Tottenham that got finished the 87th side, yeah. That, and then Gascoigne joined after Yes, that. he Is did. Right? He did. Venable signed and in And Waddle 88. left. Correct. We sold Waddle. Yes, Waddle we left. And then get, yeah, so... Because we were money money problems. Yeah. I blurred. Yeah. Right, right, right. But anyway, it was... Uh, with a possible exception of then, you know, when we when we were close to being a, a, a really really good team, I just thought, wow, this 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 really looks like we're we're onto something here. I hadn't felt like this about a Spurs side, as I say, really ever. You know, uh, you know, the, the, okay, now I'm being stupid because of Mullery and Chivers and all that was a great team, but anyway, I just thought this looks stunning. This team. Yeah, and that with goal was the moment when I thought we're on to something here. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And it's, uh, no, I totally agree with that. Let's go to a quick break. When we come back, we can look at your final five in top 10 Tottenham. And we're back. Now, your sixth choice. Funny enough, you mentioned the top of the show, the Aston Villa, and having no memory of it. Despite us all being here, I've and it was a very long season. The FA Cup final, probably remember the first game more than the replay. The replay we won one nil uh, with a Glenn Hoddle penalty. Great run from Graham Roberts. Let's just remind ourselves of the goal now. Roberts away from John Gregory. Graham Roberts Archibald to his right. He overran it, but still got through. This is Graham Roberts. Was he brought down? Penalty. Tony Curry came in behind him. Fennick was in close attendance, but a penalty has been given, and it was a splendid run by Graham Roberts. Terry Venable's side couldn't stop him. Bob Hazel made an error in that early on, but Roberts went on. And what happens here? Tony Curry comes in with the tackle. Down he goes. Penalty. Hoddle to take. Scores. Never has a penalty been missed in an FA Cup final at Wembley. Why'd you put this one down, Jeff? If this was a personal milestone, uh, as well as obviously a milestone for Spurs. But for me, uh, I just started out in my career as a journalist. Um, I was working for a local newspaper, the Ealing Gazette, and uh, one of the teams, the two teams that we covered were Brentford and QPR. Brentford was the team that I considered switching allegiance to during the hideous, shortly-lived uh well, I've even forgot the name of it. The, uh, the 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 thing that's just been put down. The European Super League. Super League. Yeah. When, when you suddenly thought, well, what what does that mean? Well, how can I support? There's no anyway. Uh, QPR was one of the teams that we covered, and so I was uh, assigned to QPR for that cup run. There was the, that must be great fun. That must be really, amazing. Especially there was the, the semi final was at Highbury. I couldn't even tell you who they played. But I can remember going to Highbury for the first and only time and being mesmerised by the clock and, you know, the clock end and all that. And uh, and they it was a scuffy kind of 1-0 win. Was it West Brom? I think it was West Brom they played off, off the top of my head. You might be right. This was the QPR of Tony Curry and Clive Allen and um, Bob Hazel was the centre-half. Um, wow. I mean, Simon Stainrod, I think. Stainrod, yes. Yeah. But... Um, it was a personal moment when I just thought, wow, here I am at a cup final and, and I'm, I'm paid to be here. And I, uh, the game was, was awful. The replay, this is, of course, was awful, scuffy, 
nondescript game. Uh, I'd say Roberts got the. Uh, did Roberts win the penalty or did he, he play won through? the penalty? He, he was brought down by Tony Curry. Yeah. That's it. Oh, that's it. Because Curry was the big story on the QPR side. Every. I, I, the, all the press benches at the old Wembley, you know, the, I can remember Frank McGee, the voice of sport from the mirror. And as I was, I think I must maybe got up to use the loo or something. I was walking past and you could hear them talking and all of them wanted QPR to win. And it was like, I, I, I it's probably a persecution complex, but my sons all, you know, went to university and they'd be in halls, you know, in, in their houses with friends and stuff. And they'd all be like Liverpool or um, Man United or Newcastle. And everyone seems to not like Spurs. And it's, it's like, I always think it's like England, you know, for some reason, um, in, in, if you take rugby, the home internationals, um, out of all of, you know, uh, France, Ireland, Wales, Scotland, the one unifying thing between those four is they want the one game they want to win is England. And um, anyway, I, I, um, I, I was coming back and I was there ostensibly for QPR because I was covering it for, you know, the QPR newspaper and uh, desperately hoping for Tottenham and Tottenham score. And I did that like that Jasper Carrot when he did that gag about, um, you know, being a Birmingham fan in the Man United end when Man, when Birmingham scored and he had to go, yep, but then <laughs> not do any more. And, um, and I, I remember interviewing Glenn Hoddle afterwards, having just had a go at him about Gascoigne. I can remember interviewing Glenn Hoddle afterwards. He was very gracious because he, he was sweaty, he was in his kit and um, I'd, I'd struggled to get through and he'd been talking to other journalists and he was, turning away and I said oh, Glenn can I just have a quick word and, he t- and I said um, I just wanted to ask you about, about the game and the gu- and, and your penalty he said I've just said I've just said it to everyone else I said oh, I, I couldn't get it and he went all right and oh, then just did it again he was very great yeah um, so it's a lovely memory <laughs> a terrible game but a lovely memory yeah oh that's great uh, the next one again far better memories of this game uh, Anderlecht at the lane, the UEFA Cup final 1984, the penalty shootout. Let's remind ourselves of that final save from Tony Parks. Danny Thomas to keep his spirits up. Well, let's see. Maybe Tony Parks will pull off another save. Good Johnson from Iceland is the man taking it. And he saved it! Spurs have won it! Tony Parks is the hero! Fantastic scenes here! And here comes Graham Roberts. A big cup. A beautiful smile. And Spurs have won the UEFA Cup. You were there that day, were you, that night? No, no, oh, it was no. Um, no, no. I wish I had been. No, it was, it was on TV. I, I have to say, it's slightly heretic, heretical. Um, but I, I think I prefer watching games on TV. I think really? I do. You can well, just turn I, the TV I, off. Yeah. Well, I was there when. Uh, yes, it's it's not a, you know because we, we've we've done um, pilgrimages to to the old um, to the old Wembley, and then I took my brother who was visiting from Canada um, to the new Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. 
and we went there to watch Bayern Munich and <laughs> lost 7-0. And it's an awfully long way, well, Wembley it was, but but uh, it's an awfully long way home just to reflect on a, on a, on a horrible defeat. So we... Um, we uh, I, I was so I was watching it at home the the Andalek game, and I can remember as a younger boy I, got, I used to get obsessed about the away goals count double, and I can remember like like always being duffed up by um, Dutch Belgian teams like that you know like Feyenoord or or, um, or Ajax obviously or or, or uh, Andalek. I always thought they they was they played smarter Euro, European football. And I can remember we were like two 0 down to I think it was I think it was Feyenoord in, in a I, I can't I couldn't remember exactly when it would have been in the late seventies something like that. And we were two 0 down, but I kept thinking ah, but if we score, then that's two two. Thinking away goals count double, but you know hadn't quite twigged that ah only if the scores are level. So I watched it and I you know it, and I just thought these this isn't a game teams like Spurs win we never win these games this isn't going to happen so we get to penalties well even more so we're not going to win you know because there's no way the, these kind of Belgian masters are going to lose on penalties and it was just incredible incredible that we that, and I could just I just I, 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 one of the best feelings I've ever had after a football match just Utter that it's hard to quantify, but it's utter, utter exhilaration. There's very little else in, in life, and maybe this speaks volumes about the shallowness of my life, but there's very little else that quite matches that ex- exhilaration, incredible release of win- of scoring a goal or winning a football match like that. No, you're right. I mean, my, 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 my memory of it was again, we've done really well in the first leg, 1 1. Deserved to win. And it, these are the days where it didn't compute. I was probably too young. It didn't compute in my head that we weren't going to win and get a goal. And I know we had injury ravaged, you know, no Hoddle, no Perriman, um, no Clements in goal. Very, very, you know, second string team. And I remember the silence when they took the lead. There was utter silence in the ground. Like, what do you mean? They can't score. What, what do you mean? What, what do you mean we're 2-1 down on aggregate? You couldn't understand it. And the release... Just before Roberts steamed through and scored, our dealers had come on, also injured, came off from the bench and smacked the crossbar from two yards out. And you thought that was it. That was a moment. And then has the ball went back to Hazard, whipped it in. Roberts came in. And just the... the I've never... Yeah. Into Milan, 3-1, Gareth Bale, Champions League, White Hart Lane, is on a par. Those two games, I've never heard noise like it at the lane. It was quite quite incredible your, your next yeah. clip again will not be in anyone else's list uh, a game i'd completely forgotten about had to look it up <laughs> 1999 tottenham hotspur 2 aston villa again aston villa 4 janola it was a game this is this is one that the uh, a quiz question george graham was in hospital and Stuart Houston, who at Tottenham was known as the cone man and used to bring the cones out of training, managed Tottenham. He was in charge. He was in the dugout that day. Uh, we obviously lost, but here was one of our goals. Let's listen to Everson's goal here, despite us losing. Uh, these games over the years have been particularly close. 1995 was the last time. That managed to win here in White Hart Lane. And over to- just 
Why have you gone with why? Why is this one in there? <laughs> well, okay, a couple of reasons. First of all, it was the first time. It was the first game I took my sons to, which is a big moment in 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 the life of a football fan. Is the first match. So and and then we we went two 0 up, Everson and Armstrong. And I, I can remember my oldest son George, as we walked up the, as we walked up the steps, um, uh, we got this slightly late because uh, it was a last minute decision. I think someone, had, I think a friend of ours had said he'd got some corporate tickets. I think that's what had happened. And it was quite a late decision to go, but we we went for it. And I can remember walking up, walking up the steps, and then. There it was. This, and you realise what an incredible theatre football is. And his, what would it have been, five or six year old eyes nearly popped out of their head because there's this incredible green surface. It was, it was, it was winter. It was late afternoon, and the, the floodlights were on. And we took our seat, really good seats, and um, we were two nil up. And I, I just remember thinking, can we please score so that he can hear the roar? And we were 2-0 up and it was incredible. The feeling was incredible. And it just reminds you what football can do to you. You know, I can remember thinking, just being stunned by Villa's comeback. Because it was, am I right in thinking it was 2-0 to 4-2? I, th- I, th- I had to look it up. I can't remember. You're probably right. So it sounds about right. I think it was 2-0 to 4-2. Yeah, what a surprise. I remember they, they were attacking the end we were at for the, in the second half. And um, I remember seeing... Dublin, Dublin, Dion Dublin scored one. I can remember seeing him. I think that was that, that was to make it like four two, and then the game was gone. But um, uh, the uh, Gin, first time I'd seen Ginola in the flesh, um, and um, so it was it was a mixture of I was trying I was again trying to be true to the to the notion of experience moments rather than always winning, and. Um, uh, it, it also reminded me of until that 2016 game uh, with the Delhi Alley goal. That so there we. What's that gap? That's 17 years. I don't think that that was a long time in the wilderness. All right, we won. We won the um, uh, we won against Villa or Leicester or Villa, didn't we? In the um, Carling Cup, Leicester in yeah. the interim, 99, and yeah. and we did win with the Juan de Ramos win. Yeah, but it wasn't until. It wasn't until, well, I suppose you've got to say the Redknapp team was a great team, wasn't it? And and we really felt like we could do something there. But it was, it, Pochettino was different. You just felt like, no, this is here to stay. They're young. It's a young squad. They're all together. They're not mercenaries. No one's going to go off for more money like um, Carrick and Sheringham. Uh, you know, no one's going to, when I say go off, be poached or the club sell for more money. Or like Waddle, Hoddle, Gascoigne. I just so anyway that it reminded me of an awful wild the awful wilderness years. Yeah. Now, last two clips. I I, I, I love these two. The, the, your penultimate clip again. I was there that day. I was ten. Uh, amazingly, as you said here, that, that it was for a second division game to be, have the match of the day. Cam was incredibly rare. Uh, still, our largest uh, home aggregate win. In our history, 1977, Spurs 9, Bristol Rovers 0, Connolly's debut scoring 4. Let's listen to all the goals now.
Again, good approach play by Tottenham. Here's Hoddle. Moore's got up there. Lee got it. <laughs> Lee Klein. Shaking off Gould. Four Tottenham players ahead of him. Five now that Hoddle's made a run down the right. This is how the second goal came, really. Taylor! Peter Taylor makes it three. Here's McAllister. Oh, lovely dummy by Peter Taylor. He's got four in the middle as well. Leaving it. Moores is through. <laughs> Has to be said without taking anything at all away from Tottenham that Bristol Rovers looked a very poor side, especially in defence. And as Moores on again here for the hat trick. He's got it. He's got his third as well. Hoddle. Oh, and John Pratt's away. Lee is in the middle. Taylor trying to get there. It's going to come to Taylor now. It's come to Lee. Eight. Morse. Why'd you put that one in? That's fantastic that you you got all the goals in there. Oh, it had to. Well, um, <laughs> I, it, it was I, I can. This was I wasn't there, um, and I can remember watching the teleprinter David Coleman as the results came in, and just unbelievable thing. <laughs> just just couldn't take it in. I, what I did was I for Christmas, I got a Dymo labeler. Which, God, I remember you know those. I mean? Yes. Yeah. 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 And uh, <laughs> in fact, I, I, I wasted three strips in my excitement because I misdid it. But I, in the end, managed to get Spurs nine, Bristol Rovers nil, and sellotaped it to my bunk bed. Wow. Not stuck it to my bunk bed as that Dymo label for, for the moment. I, I just couldn't conceive of any team winning nine nil. Um, and um, I, I long thought because we were in the second division, the match. Uh, was wasn't covered, mm. but it was. Oh, and, yeah. and John Watson was there. So how on earth they managed to? Maybe it was a pivotal game in the season. And but anyway, Watson was one of the frontline commentators. So um, uh, and I watched it. I watched it. Watched it back. And uh, it was just that the moment when the awful moment when we went down. Um, I remember Chris Jones, who had kind of big sideies and long hair. Wasn't really sure where he'd come from or why, you know, what, what I just remember thinking, I get, with all, with all due respect to Chris Jones, who I'm sure was a, was a fine player, but I can remember thinking then that 
he was that interim between, you know, the, the Ralph Coates and the um, Gildine and Tippers Mullery era. Yeah, and he then started for the sort of 75, 76, I think he came in, you're right. And, uh, and, and, um, and I ju- it just dispelled the gloom and I thought, you know, wow, nine nil. And then, and again, I just remember watching it again. I'm struck with how many young faces there, one of them yours. Yeah, I mean, again, what's incredible, we we interviewed, uh, in the first lockdown, I interviewed Colin Lee. I tracked yeah. him down. And, and what was interesting was that you mentioned Chris Jones. Chris Jones had been injured. Jerry Armstrong had been injured. Hence, he, he signed that week and thought he'd be in the reserves. and was like, no, you're playing. So we go, and he, and he was carrying an injury. He had an injury. So he said, I played with an injury. He goes, I was very, very nervous. John Duncan invited me over the night before to play cards at his house with his wife. He said, I had a couple of glasses of wine. He gave me some wine to settle the nerves because I was playing. And to, to have that that image, and then, as you, I mean, I, I don't know why the match the day cameras were there. Maybe a game we got postponed or something. Where pro, I don't know. It was very unusual for second. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't even like Tottenham, yeah, Bristol is- Rovers, Bristol Rovers. Well, they actually weren't relegated, but I don't know what, no idea. But thank God that we've always now got that. Uh, well, that was he from Torquay, Connolly? Did he come from Torquay? Correct. Yeah. Yes, I did remember that. And watching it back, I thought, wow, he he he, he was he was so powerful in the air. And mm. to have done that whilst being, you know, carrying a knock. And who was the big blonde centre forward who Ian also Moore's. scored a hat-trick? Ian Moores never scores. Ian Moores, the gentle giant from Stoke City, who scored a hat trick that day, but everyone forgets that because Colin Lee got four. Yeah, so. what a, what a what an incredible! And I, I I just could not believe it when I because I was I wanted to just double check a few things before this mm. um, before today, and I thought, wow, the, there's highlights. Yeah. So uh, what a day! It's lovely. No, it's a love, 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 lovely memory. And I'm so glad your last pick, and I'm so glad you've gone with this one because a lot of people obviously uh, do the Ajax game uh, in Amsterdam. But I'm so glad you've gone with this one. And so far we've been doing this. No one has picked this one. And for me, when as soon as I saw this, I went, yes, I want to talk about this as well. Brilliant. It was <laughs> it was the moment, at, I was about to say main road, at the moment at the City of Manchester Stadium, the quarterfinals against Manchester City, when that goal was disallowed, uh, Aguero was offside, and it meant that we were still ahead on aggregate let's again i'm never tired of listening to this let's listen to that extraordinary moment now ricochet that favored deli alley and now Tottenham can play their way away although i don't think they're going to hold it for too long giving it away here to aguero aguero with a chance sterling with a chance here's the moment oh he's done it raheem sterling for manchester city right in the death City players, Pochettino cannot believe it. Tottenham have given absolutely everything. Hugo Lloris has crestfallen. And Manchester City look like they're heading into the semi-finals of the Champions League after an absolute classic in the Etihad. It's absolute heartbreak for those Tottenham players and Maurizio. They had the chance to clear it, they decided to play here, Ericsson. Got to get rid of it. They're checking for a potential offside during the goal. And it is under review. The goal review. I think it's the Aguero moment. 
when he gets onto the ball, is he offside? When he picks up the ball there, is he offside? Well, Tune Chakir is listening to Massimiliano Irati, and it's been disallowed. They've disallowed it. It's been disallowed for an offside against Aguero. Oh, my God. Oh, my word. I cannot believe what we're seeing. I'm speechless. Well, so are the Manchester City supporters. Pep Guardiola can't believe it. The switch of emotion inside the stadium is unbelievable. I mean, Maurizio Pochettino had his shirt over his head. Let's bring in Peter Walton quickly, Jermaine. Peter, have they got the right decision there? Absolutely correct decision. In the uh, attacking fires of play, Aguero was offside when he receives the ball and therefore the goal should not stand. What were you going through? Tell us your, your personal story of what was going through. So this was the scenario. We There we are. We're, 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 Lorente has put us... We won... We won was it, sorry, let me just... Was, we lost the check. game 4-3. It was 4-4 We won the first one, 1-0. 1-0, 1-0. And Aguero missed the penalty. So, 4-2 yeah. down, and uh, Lorente scores. Yeah, and and His hip. Yeah. And and you even look at it now and think, would VAR allow it now? No, VAR was there, famously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This it, is did it. Allow, yeah. it did allow yeah. it, of course it did. So... And I was the point of the side point I was going to make because I I think not or letting Lorente go or Lorente insisting on going was one of the reasons why we uh, why the latter pot years why we struggled because he was just so perfect for us. Anyway, he scores, so you're you're in dreamland. You're thinking this is it, it was as surreal as as um, as Sonny's goals at the beginning. Right? So you're, you're thinking this can't, because of course no Kane, so you're thinking everything's against us, City are brilliant. And um, so you're watching it and you're thinking, this is, there's going to be a sting in the tail. There's going to be, a, this isn't going to work. This isn't going to happen. They break down the right. Um, uh, Ericsson, terrible. Gives the ball away. What yeah. he's doing, you don't yeah, know. Just kick it they out. And it, yeah, dawdled yeah. on the With, ball. That's it. And and uh, Aguero whips it in and Sterling scores. Is that right? Or scores in inverted commas? Yeah. And um, just their faces. The, the the of course why wouldn't they be? But their faces. That kind of yes yes. And then uh, Guardiola on the touch. It was Guardiola, wasn't it? Yes, Guardiola on the touch line. And I just thought oh, I can't stand it. And this is what this is my what we were talking earlier about watching football on the telly as opposed to being there. So I walked out of the room where, where the match was on and I went out into the hallway. <laughs> no, I went into the kitchen. I went, I went the hallway and then I went to the kitchen. And I couldn't think of a way to convey my sense of not just, you know, oh, I'm upset or I'm, or I'm, I'm frustrated or, or, or this is a terrible thing that's happened. It's, it's a thousand times beyond that that moment a thousand times everything came home to me why is it why did Ericsson do that why did blah blah and I pulled I was at tracky bottoms on and pulled my tracky bottoms down to the ankles and I don't to this day know why I did that I really don't know why I did it it's about having a nervous breakdown I think it was I think there's something a little bit of that in there I had to do something I had to do something I I, I think maybe I was going to take the top off but I just thought 
no, it's going to take too long. I just pulled my trousers down. I was wearing underpants. It wasn't too hideous. Right. Yeah. So I stood there with my tracky bottoms down and my my wife said, what are you doing? Quite rightly. <laughs> and I couldn't even speak. I couldn't even say what had happened. And uh, my oldest son had, had uh, uh, run upstairs. No, he'd stayed in there. Another son had gone upstairs. He'd stayed in the room because he can always, he always does that. I always argue with him at the end of a game when we've lost. Turn it off, turn it off. Who wants to see them celebrate? Anyway, he'd stayed in there. There I was with me, tracksuit bottoms down around the ankles. Not, no, not, I couldn't really tell you why. Wife said, what are you doing? And then he came in and said, I think it's going to be disallowed. And that, wow. I entered another universe. Did you I run just with the trousers still down? Did you do a comedy sort of Bernard Breslau fall? <laughs> I should have done. No, it was, I, I stood there. The trousers stayed down. I didn't. I didn't walk in, waddle in like that with the trousers. Right. I think. I, think I, I. I just said. First of all, I, you know, it's. It, 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 I thought it was another one of those stupid jokes that they do. You know, young blokes. You know, and, and then when I go, no, and they go, ah. So I thought it was one of them. Right. Then you know, eventually, I thought he looks. He actually looks a bit tearful, and he's in his twenties. Pulled the trousers, pulled the tracky buttons up, went in there, watched it. And then, you know, the, 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 the slimmest of offsides against Aguero. And I'm, and I'm just, you know, the way it sort of plays out slowly, doesn't it? Car cr- For Man City, it would have been a car crash in slow motion. But that, I think they're going to disallow it. That looks to me like it's, it's, uh, it's offside. Look, the line, blah, blah, blah. And you're still thinking, is it, is it, is it? And then finally it comes through, no goal. And then Guardiola trying to remonstrate and saying, oh, that's that's outrageous, that's not fair. And then I, I couldn't tell you how long there was left, a blur until the uh, the final whistle. And then I do remember Ericsson being very calmly saying, yeah, and then, um, you know, I, we, and it's a, it's a great feeling. And I, I got the ball and I played a bad ball, but thanks to the guys for getting me out of that. Yes, he knew. Well, he no, knew I think I'm the luckiest. I think yeah. I'm the luckiest. But he's so calm. Yes. Not, oh, my God. I nearly just... I, uh, uh, I'm one of the luckiest guys around, but just very flat voice. Yes. That was amazing. But, uh, and, and it was, it was, just, you know, beyond exhilaration for the, for the next week, you know, oh. that my story of the, um, my story of the, uh, very briefly, my story no, of the semi, the, the, the IAT semi was I was at Orlando airport. Oh, wow. Where I'd, uh, I, I'd had to go for some, it was a work thing. And, um, I was, of course, the flight was exactly as the match was happening, and so I was in um, I was in Orlando Airport, and I'd managed to get some kind of feed on my mobile phone, and I was I was watching, and you know gradually we'd come back, and. Um, uh, but you know, time was running out, and I, I can remember thinking, "Well, do you know what? We've we've given this a really good crack." I actually made peace of myself. I thought, you know, we haven't disgraced ourselves. The first half we disgraced ourselves, but we've come back and we've shown character. That will do for me. And then I heard, like a, a f- far off, <laughs> like that from somewhere else, on your feet. by yeah. the departure gate or something, and. 
And a split second, I thought, I thought, you know, what's happened? You know, has there been an accident? Kind of, yeah. And what it was, there was a time delay yeah. on the thing I was watching, and they were about 10 seconds in front of me. And, uh, and in a chain reaction, I thought, what's that noise? Could it be connected to the football? Have we just missed the chance? Have Are they Dutch and have Ajax support again? Or surely not, surely not. And then I look at the phone and then, you know, that goal. Um, but I, but I, I stick with City because it, it was, I don't think I'd ever felt such exhilaration yeah. at the end of a football match. Even more so than Ajax. I, I, my story was, I was, my wife's Israeli, so we were in Israel seeing family. So the day of the game, we were going out to dinner with friends. And I'm like, as any football fans, right, where are we going? Is there a television? Is there Wi-Fi? Is there 4G? What time are we going? What time's the table? Is it in a basement? I needed to know all these things. And I finally realised I've got to get it on my Sky Go app and all that. Yeah. So we get picked up. The game starts. I've got it on my phone. All is good. He then drives into an underground car park to park the car. By the time we walk out from the underground car park, it's gone from nil-nil to Spurs winning 2-1. I'm like, I- I've missed three goals. What 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 is going on here? The dinner was was awful. I couldn't enjoy it. And we, he said, don't worry, we're going to a bar now where they're going to show the game. So we rushed to a bar, pat bar. I ran in, I scour around. There's no telly. And I went, I'm, I'm really sorry if this comes across as rude and it's lovely to see you both. I have to go back to my hotel. This is a very big deal to me and the team I support. I'm very sorry. Goodbye. And I left them and my <laughs> wife, I think. And then she followed later. And I went back and then we all know what unfurled. But when the when the Sterling goal went in, I'm on the edge of the bed watching it. And I'm sure you, you being a, obviously a comedy writer, remember the Basil Forty pose in the episode The Psychiatrists when he squats down on the floor with his hands and starts jumping oh, yes. and jumping. Yes. I kind of did the yes. same. I went down on my yes. haunches. I collapsed on the floor, just collapsed like it was... 40 years of following Spurs encapsulated in a movement. It was this, the legs went, my legs just went, and I was like, 40, like, holding there, just like, no, what is it about my team that we are game, we're snatching victory for the draw, you know, just again, what is it about this team I support? And then this realisation of, well, the bit you've just described as VAR and, and whatever, but that was the moment, like, we don't get these... It doesn't go in our favour. And all of a sudden, wait a minute, what, what do you mean it's not a goal? We're winning. It's like Basil Fawcett. For the first time in my life, we're success. We're winning. I'm up. I'm up. You know, it was that... that that's kind of how I felt. Finally, we're having some luck here. You know? Yeah. It was... It, yes, yes. And, and, you, and you just came out of nowhere because what we understand is Sterling scores, that's it. In, in injury time. That's what we understand. That's what we've been hammered into us over the years. What we don't, what doesn't happen to us is what then happens. That was the, the you know, magic of it. Mm. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a lovely one to finish on. For now, Jeff Pope, thank you so much for joining us on Top 10 Tottenham. The Kings of This is a playback media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at spurshow.net. Sports Social Podcast Network. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.